I'm pressing. Okay, hello everyone. My grounding, hello. my grounding cord is this white cloud color. Strong though. Mine is red wine. Mine is gold green. Red. Mine is violet. Light blue. Orange green. Purple. Blue and green. Great. Any, so, anything, <laughs> so, I'm starting again. Um, Sky and Aquarius and Dorothea were in a training last week. I would, I would love to hear some reports from you after it's been almost four days, three and a half days. And I, anybody was in a training last week? Some kind of evolutionary container cooking chamber space. Okay. I, I would wish it for you. Because anyway, we had a great time. We had a really great time. So would you, would you guys share anything? Some what happened, what you discovered, some legends. And, and mm, because this is a spaceholder skill team, if you could also include in your sharing, what did the spaceholder do for the space to happen? For your discoveries or your evolution, your processes, what did they do? What did they not do? What did you notice about the space holding? In this case, it was a possibility lab. Harbigon, I'm a new man now. <laughs> That's what I can say. Um, I'm a because because I feel the power. Of? I feel the anger. I feel fear of um, of these doorways that are just in front of me and my ability to choose. And I feel the the freedom to walk in my choices and and I learned how to feel differently from how I felt before. And I created so much more space in my being to that was filled with my own energy. And the spaces, it, it seems like I, as I look back, there was a space followed by space, followed by space, followed by space. It was like a, like a labyrinth of spaces. And one thing that stands out for me as far as the space holders holding the spaces is that it was exactly what was needed, whether it was a healing space, uh, a space of a challenging conversation or a space of just new realizations. The spaces were, were held with strength as well as love and humor, a lot of humor. And the presence of the archetypal connections was very palpable. 
all throughout as well as until the very last evening when 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 the whole community came together and we had a dance and we had conversations and the eclipse rolled in and the moon got fully covered it was just absolutely incredible and magical and archetypal and if there's anything that i can share more please prompt me with questions Thank you. Well, I have a question. Do you, is it, was there a moment where you got the, the, the switch, especially what you were talking about, the feelings that you learned to feel differently, to feel more, to feel more authentically sounded like, and was there this clear moment where it just switched over? And can you, if you, can you talk about that? Yes, so there's two feelings that specifically I feel I opened up into. Anger. Previously, I thought that, you know, the standing rage that happened during the ETB was sort of the, the, the peak anger that I could experience. It was so new, so unknown, and so powerful. And this time, there was this clear moment when I just allowed to myself to rage at, at this new discovery about something that I've forgotten from the past, from this occurrence, from this violation of self and my body that, that, that I long forgotten about. And there was this just like a switch went on and, and, and I just went straight for, for, the, for the rage um, and into a boundary making. And the other feeling was fear. Like in the beginning, I was absolutely flat. Like I'm like, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to be afraid. Like I, it's, it's if I, I had two theories. It's as if I so completely, thoroughly suppressed it that it was, I, my bar was, is the entirety of my ability to feel the fear. Or maybe I was so brave or something that I didn't, I didn't feel the, the fear. So I basically just started to fake. And I faked. And then what arrived eventually for me is that the more I leaned into making sounds and allowing my body to, to, to fake what the fear is like, the more I actually started to feel the circulation of the energy of fear. Where I'm at right now with fear is that I still don't feel like I'm fully authentically fearing it, feeling it, because I'm fearing it. <laughs> but 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 I'm actually perceiving the energy of it, which is very different from how it happens with anger. Anger for me is mostly kind of in the back, in in the front, in the area of heart chakra, whereas fear is kind of down below, kind of kidneys and below, and it's 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 totally different sense. And I started using it all throughout my life now, like I had multiple meetings at, at my quote unquote work and I'm right and left, I'm just expressing, I fear this, I fear that. And it's just so helpful to instantly drop into the intuition of what's coming up around that. So it's, 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 a, it's a monumental change for me. And the stick. Well, thank you. 
I just want to say the last thing that you were mentioning sounded like this practice of the fear check-in. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I just want to tell everybody about this, this discovery. I don't know if we've talked about it here, but this fear check-in, which is the feeling of fear. And you, and you, and you, and you can do it really throughout, like Sky just said, throughout your life. And you just stand there and you're just like, God, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that I, you know, I need to pee, you know, and do I want to, so now I need to choose, you know, am I going to leave this space and go pee or will I just hold it and be with you, you know, and, or God, I'm afraid, um, you know, right in the, in the back of my system, I'm afraid about checking in for our flight because I've tried 10 times this morning and it hasn't worked. So I need to put it in my schedule that I, I keep checking in for my flight tomorrow and I'm afraid um I'm afraid you know will people will I you know does anybody need to say something right now who needs to say something and so I'm and then I'm scanning okay does anybody need to say something so this is feeling a fear fear check-in and in you and I encourage you to do this. I don't know if we practice this today or I'd like to do something else with you guys, but you can do this with your partners, with your children, with, at your work, um, even with the, you know, the person at the hotel, the cashier card. I'm afraid, have we paid? You know, have we completely paid? What time does the breakfast finish? I'm afraid. What time does the breakfast end? And it's, and it's just this using of fear so you say the fear, I'm afraid about this, and then you use it. Like you take responsibility for what the fear has for you. So it's not like I'm afraid and you need to fix it for me. No, I'm afraid and, and I'm a victim of my fear. No, it's I'm afraid and this is, I'm going to use it. Ask a question, make a proposal, change your mind, you know, wh whatever the fear is telling you. So this is called a fear check-in so that you have a name to practice this. It's great to do this in, you know, in bridge house, in community, because there's fear about a bunch of things. You can say, I'm afraid. And also sometimes it just does not need to be uh, whatever, solved, fixed. It's like, I'm afraid about this. Any group intelligence? Okay, not yet. I'll, I'll ask again in two hours. I'll ask again tomorrow. You know, and then you, but, but the fact that you, are afraid and you're saying it, you put it in people's awareness. For example, in the bridge house, you put it in the bridge house awareness and people can start chewing on it, you know, can start um, working on it or whatever. It's moving inside of them. And then who knows, maybe in the middle of the night, they're like, this is it, you know, we, this is how we should handle this thing. And then they, they come to breakfast and, and you, got, you got the thing, but you, you, this was the conversation we had an amazing conversation with Israel and Lisa and Sophia Magdalena yesterday about the bridge house dandelion. And I think that's probably one thing that might've been missing also in the bridge house dandelion is just, I'm afraid and I'm, and I'm taking responsibility for putting it in the bridge house, like in the center of the bridge house so that the bridge house, the game world can work it out. I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to do it. All. And it's not like you're avoiding responsibility as you're giving it to the organism that is meant to take care of it. Not just you as a yeah, lonely individual. Cool. Okay. Dorothea Aquarius.
anything from you. I really appreciate, I found, I experienced um, the numbness of fear. And for me, nothing's going on here, folks, was the experience. And even as I say that now, I feel sad. I feel sad about that. And I see that as a, right now, I can see that as a, a gateway um, for he, emotional healing. But for me, the numbness, and when I recognized when we had gone through an exercise where I had a space holder and, and the, the quality of space holding that I appreciated so much was, it was not about what the space holder could do. It was about this, a space holder being in the place of owning the space that was existing, yet the healing was happening within the being who was the client. And so when I was a client, I knew that that person was repeating back, you know, giving, completing my loops, holding for my golden keys, but it wasn't about them. It was about me. So I was clearly able to see where I was. Numbness bar here. We came back from a, a, a where I stayed in a lot of numbness and Clinton came out and said, fear is numbness. Bam, everything opened up for me. And, and now I can go to the numbness and this is fear. Okay. I feel numbness. I feel fear. Okay. Go deeper. There's an opening that there. I found an opening. Uh, and another opening I found was in, um, we were practicing three, three, three with a space holder, with a space holder. We could give reflection. And for me, when I've done three, three, three raids, what happens is I didn't recognize that it was fear. I would go into um, dizziness, um, vertigo, laying on my back, deep vertigo. I did not know this was fear until I was in the rage and then opening the hands into the fear and letting the scream come. I recognized vertigo rage. I mean, vertigo fear. Wow. And previously on the three, three, threes, I would turn over so as not to experience this vertigo, which was so terrifying. Mm. I did not realize that's what I was doing until this space when I went there. Um, so for me, I, I feel joy about that. I feel possibility in that. Um, and one side note, I spoke to my mother this morning and she had just visited my brother and she said, well, you know, your brother gets vertigo. Excuse me. Oh, yes. So do I. OK, mom. So I shared with her about vertigo and fear. And she said, hmm. and we had a conversation in which she recognized her fear and her vertigo. And I recognized my fear from the womb. My mother's womb is what I have inherited. That's what I got today. Wow, thank you. God, this is such big stuff. Wow. I, how many people here are holding space or planning to hold space for Fear Club? You're preparing yourself to hold space for Fear Club. Okay. So this, what Aquarius shared, this is where I went in my introduction to Fear Club and I encourage 
anyway, I think it's a great field of research about what are the, the symptoms of fear? You know, what are people experience instead of fear? When the, whether the fear is whatever, conscious or unconscious. So vertigo did not come on the list, but now I'll add it. I'll add it to the list, this dizziness, this, yeah. And, and anyway, so you can, you can have that as a, as a practice, as a research for people to notice what they're feeling instead of fear as a question. Great. Great. Dorothea. I went to the lot with a lot of fear because um, in Lakesh was a, a place where it didn't feel welcome and where I had a lot of resistance and a lot of revenge. And for the lab, I made my decision. I found in Clinton's book a really, a really good quote about uh, I'm finished uh, with being a slave of revenge and violence, the contract is over. I take my life back and leave the past in the past. So this was the first sentence I wrote for preparation to the lab and said, okay, what is possible? If it's not being a victim and not being revenge because there was nothing in between. It was either this or that. And um, so for me, I was quite isolated in the last seven months. And it was also a lot of fear to come together with people. And one of my biggest fear and where I also failed many times is when I come together with people that a lot of problems arise about actually not important stuff, but I have to deal with that. So this was another fear. And I was very happy that the people I know already like Aquarius and Sky Blue and others were welcoming me so warmly. I felt so welcome immediately in that group. So that was one great thing. And I realized that the context of radical responsibility makes me really calm because it's just, just a thing that everything can be on the table and this is not dangerous because we have tools how to deal with that was incredible. And it also really changed the way how I talked to my ex-boyfriend because he was with me another two days after this and we had a completely other conversation. Before it also changed from the Kremlin workshop and these kind of things, but after the lab, it was really more extraordinary than ordinary. So really a huge switch. And um, I would say the, the biggest thing uh, regarding to my revenge thing was that I went into the frying pan with Uncle and Clinton hold space. And I called two women who made the decision to, um, to tell me that I uh, have to go away from the place. And um, Clinton need to <laughs> ask me three times to go the door because it was like, I, I should 
apologize, apologize myself in, in La Cash. And this was so difficult because I felt more like a, like a victim. So my actually my opinion was, why should I apologize? They should apologize. Uh, um, they, they, they should make their apologize on me and not the other way around. And then I realized, okay, when I apologized that, that I got hooked and that this was part of the creation of what happened after this, I could go, so, okay, this really happened. I feel sorry for myself that I got hooked, not sorry for in Lakesh. It was that I got hooked. I was not in the state to, yeah, to cut this low drama before. And this I felt sorry for. And at the end, when I could go there, um, I realized that I was free and with a conversation, short conversations I had with the other two women after this was clear they are not free anymore. And this was like a huge change that because revenge doesn't make me free. But the apology and to, to be responsible for what was happened made me free and I didn't care what they think about the situation or think about me or think about what I said. So in between victim and rage, I now have a new door, which was not easy to go, but I have the impression that I really understood it completely in my system. So I, I really hope that this door is available now for for future also. Um, yeah, I would say this was the most revolutionary thing. <laughs> Dorothea, will you say about what, what is the doorway between the, the being victim and revenge? It was, um, yeah, Teresa asked me also yesterday, what, what will I do with that? I, I think I, I will. Um, Dorothea. The question from Jorge was, you said there is a door between b taking revenge yeah. and being a victim. And he's asking, what's the door? How, yeah. What's the, the door, door you took? The, the door I took is, um, yeah, at least the, the, the short answer is radical responsibility. And the way is to jump on the spot where I could have done something different and to realize that I could have have another option, even though I didn't have it in that moment and more take it as a moment of learning, uh, understanding and learning and observing what, yeah, at, at least it's where is my X on the map. And this X on the map in the moment of in Lakesh was, was on a place where I could not have behave differently. I mean, what I, heard, what I heard you say, Dorothea, is that the door is apologizing. Yes. Mm -hmm. The door is apologizing for what, what happened. What, how did you make that happen? Like you say, taking radical responsibility. I made that happen and I apologize as an experiment, whatever, as an experiment, as a, so I just want to say something because Sky, you use that word and then Dorota, you use that word about revenge does not make me free. And I think Sky, you talked about freedom. I feel more free. I'm just really cautious about this word because, you know, if the gremlin is free, it's free of consequences. 
know, it's free of responsibility. And, and, and if, if I'm free, then um, I can do whatever I want, you know, and I, I don't care and whatever. So I, I just am careful about using that word because people have so much thoughtware and baggage about freedom. And so one way you can reframe it is what I'm hearing is revenge does not give me other options. Give, revenge gives me only one option. You know, or, or some, some old decision, basically, or some old thought where it gives me only one option. So in this case, to take revenge and finding this space between, okay, revenge is one option. Victim is only one option. You only have that option. And there's a space, you know, whatever you call it, between. There's another space, and that gives me more option. And then the freedom is the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. It's the freedom to choose with whatever it was pain was consciousness where it was having a conscious so anyway i would i would frame it like that it's about um you get more option to choose from more possibilities true options to choose from and so what i meant what i meant with free is um before whenever i was thinking about the situation i was like uh, captured in the circle of this is unfair. They shouldn't make it differently. I had my expectation. So I, I was like, yeah, really, really catched and hold there. And this, I mean, with three, after having the other uh, experience that the apology brought me a completely other perspective to, to see the same situation brought me out of that circle. And, and then what did you gain? What did you gain from perspective? Um, gain means what, what I win or? Yes. Um, um, you mean the perspective of the, of the apology? You said you, 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 you got a new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, so what did you gain from? What did you gain from that new perspective? The, the, the apology brought me to the experience that I didn't get stuck anymore in that circle. That, that was how, how it was. Okay, so, but, but Dota, you also talk about, you also talked about the future. Now you got a new yeah. door in the uh, future. Yeah. So that's yeah. the, what I'm talking about in terms of option. You got a new option. It's not just this one road. Just, yes. God, I, I can choose this, I can choose this. Maybe you can even discover, God, I have this door and this door. You know, it's not just maybe two or three, it's maybe even more. Because that's a new option, you know, this is the map of new results. When you get new option, you can create completely new results, but only if you got real options. You know, and you mm-hmm. need to become real, you know, Clinton needed to open three doors for you, Dorotea, for, for the option to become real. You could really choose it, not just as a theory. Yeah, and then complete, and now you get completely new result. You're not stuck in the loop, can actually be connected. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic, cool. Thank you. I'd like, I'd like to say something about apologizing too, that uh, another possibility around, instead of apologizing is asking to do a do-over and then saying it, it is asking to do have a do over 
So create the situation in a way that you wish that you would have responded to, to it. Yeah. Yeah, another door. Thank you. And then you get to practice too, and they get to hear it in a different way. When I hear apology, I, I, get, I have fear. I'm afraid of apology. Because, yeah. Because I fear I will take it into self-denigration or I fear I will uh, uh, apologize for gremlin. Apology seems very vague for me. It's a, I, I was actually going to, this brings up, I'm glad you brought that up, Phyllis. Are there any um, strikingly, have there been any strikingly conversations around websites around conversation or apology? It feels it's a powerful doorway. And I also feel it's a razor's edge and I'm careful of it. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Of course, I, I'm also, I'm really afraid. And I, I, when somebody apologizes, I smell the purpose. What is the purpose of the apology? And so, for example, if the purpose is, well, I apologize so that I could do it again. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a gremlin payoff, whatever. It's a gremlin game of I'm, I'm apologizing. And so then you trust me again and I'm going to, you know, fuck you over again. And so, and there's a, there's a way that apologies can be this, I fucked up. I fucked up and I, so I eat my shit. I fucked up and I eat my, whatever. And it's not about beating yourself up. It's about saying, I fucked up. I messed up. And, and whatever, and no promise after the apology, there is, you know, any promise after an apology is all bullshit. So really the conversation ends at, I apologize, I fucked up. And then when somebody says that, I said, I say, okay. And, you know, I don't expect them to change. I don't expect them to behave differently the next time, but at least there's some kind of responsibility there's some kind of awareness over there okay they're trying they're trying to, to still be connected to me it's not like i was right you know i did it like that and i was right and fuck you you know the apology is sort of okay maybe there's a door for connection or collaboration that's possible but i but keep the fear you know phyllis and aquarius and other you know keep your bullshit detector your purpose sniffer Bullshit detector, purpose sniffer, what is the apology? What's the purpose? What are they trying to create with me? I also yeah. want to say that an institutionalized way of apologizing is through is confession, our confessions in the Catholic Church. It's okay. the way to go in and, and say, I screwed up, you know, and then they can go out and do it again as right. long as they confess. It's it's that's the institution, uh, the way that it shows up in institutions. God, yeah, I never, I never, I didn't think about that before, but totally. And that's, that's this total irresponsibility. The purpose is irresponsibility. Yeah. You know, 
sin and then there's a father who can wipe my you know slate clean so i can do it again it's, yeah mm. okay i just also wanted to answer the question from ingrid you say what is a frying pan and i'll just tell a little bit more a frying pan is um it's a process it's a healing process mostly healing also transformational where there's two space holder uh, ideally a man and a woman to sort of represent those polarity and dimension and then there's two empty chairs and people are sitting you know whatever across from each other like that so it looks like a a, a cross and it's very useful for couples or people in in relationship or trying to create in a space of relating where the the purpose is not for each person to go for emotional healing process. If it's obvious that somebody is just needing to go for an emotional healing process, the frying pan is over and the person will go and do an EHP and a one-on-one, -on -one. but it's to navigate back to what love it's to navigate back to relating. And mostly it has to do with um, realizing that there's projections often mom and dad projection on the partner and, and to get back to, okay, ex, whatever assumption, expectation, resentment, projections. Those are the main things that come up in this, in the space of frying pan for a couple, but sometimes, I mean, half of the time it's, you know, it can go in all different worlds so it either can go in underworld or it can go in whatever middle world or it can go into upper world and half of the time the frying pan go into negotiating extraordinary intimacy or negotiating even archetypal intimacy and just the the two people did not know how to do this without space holders and we can hold space for extraordinary what adult and archetypal negotiation of intimacy so there's an example in in Portugal last year, I think, uh, a couple came in and they're trying to get pregnant and they, there was a lot of miscarriages and pain about that. And, and then the, the woman said, well, I want you to make me an extraordinary offer. And he said, let's, let's go travel. Let's leave our house, go travel in Brazil and have a great time. And four months later or whatever, she got pregnant. <laughs> because she, they went on a completely different path than whatever prison they were in before. So this is, they can be the result of frying pan. And another, this is for you if you are a, a game world consultant, especially, yeah, a guy in game world consultant of game worlds that function in circle is you can, you can set up the frying pan, have the, the whole community, the whole members of the game world around, sitting around, the frying pan and one person can sit in the chair and say, I want to talk to you because we're in conflict and I want a space holding conversation. Or one person can say, you two come and sit in the chair because you need to talk, you know, something is going on and you are unwilling to, you know, to look at it or, or put it on the table. And then the two people sit, sit and the purpose is to navigate back to community, navigate back to love. So it's, it's a different kind of uh, process, but it's uh, amazing then to have the entire game world witness it so that the people in the members of the game world can also shift around the space of relating that's shifting. 
and and that it helps a new relating to occur because there's not all these old stories and ideas and and stuff like that from from the other members of the community so it's called the frying pan and Chloe, yes how kind of of ways or paths paths i can go to to learn more about um Gaian game worlds and circle technologies and communities and this kind of things like yeah. go more deeper yeah guyangameworlds.mystrikingly.com yeah G i already okay. read it but has some kind of path like the rage club thing okay or... i have a proposal for the dandelion bridge house is that we have three more session of the game world incubator that's going on right now and that one of you one of you from the infinity ring join the incubator for free yeah so would Perfect. it be who would it be I, I need to talk with, with Sofia Madalena and Lisa, but okay. I, I I mean like I'm gonna Great. talk and, and see if what they we're... want you want more than one person, if it's you know you and somebody else, that's also fine. That's great. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I want to go. I want to go. Super. Amazing. Let me know and I'll send you the info. Yes. Great. Yeah, Guy and Game Worlds are are alive, they're alive organisms. And we're we're still very much on this cutting edge, like discovering how do Gaian game worlds work? How do circle can really be empowered? So that was one of the spaces in the, in the lab. We, had, we were living in this community Gaian game world that's becoming a bridge house called In La Cache. And we had an infinity ring of the members who want the game world to fly. It's like there was four people out of In La Cache who said, we want the game world to fly. And so they're the infinity ring, not because it was voted, it was just because of the responsibility that they can take and the care for the game world that they have. And they would sit in the middle and it, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough to start with because the holding and navigating space skills are pretty weak. Like the muscles were a little weak in terms of empowering a circle. So it's, you know, center grounding code bubble, golden cube of workspace, making proposals, sort out, you know, cutting through the cutting through the bullshit, what sniffing the purpose, being able to go nonlinear, um, navigating chaos, um, uh, you know, whatever, There's using all four feelings, all four archetypes, invoking, I don't know if you worked on this, invoking the, the geniuses, the geniusness of your team. So, and just kind of on and on like that, there's so much skill to be able to navigate, you know, hold and navigate space for a guy in game world. So, and, and a lot of the skills that we practice here can be applicable for that, for guy in game world. But we had a conversation, I want to share this with you. I think it will be published online. We had a conversation yesterday with the Dandelion Bridge House and this old thoughtware that is really can be really subtly applied about leadership but instead of instead of holding space you you might be trying to lead so if, if you're trying to have all the answers if you're for example trying to you you think you're a space holder and so you have to have all the solution or that if there's something that is not being handled by the circle then it always falls on you you know, you're the last, how do you say, barrier, whatever, the last person to talk to. All of those ways of whatever, being in a circle, being in a project, those would be leadership 
behaviors. Just it's it's coming from this leadership thought where where you're the leader and then you have followers. And then the leader is has this old thought map of responsibility of responsibility is a burden. You know, I I take all the 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 fault. You know, if the game world doesn't work, then it's my fault. Okay, that's leadership. You know, if the team doesn't work, it's my fault. That's leadership. Instead of okay, what are the ways to really? And we're still on the edge of discovery. What are the the ways to empower the organism so that the organism takes care of itself and that the people can come in and out and the organism does not rely on you, you know, you, Ingrid, you know, you, Phyllis, whatever, the individual you. What it relies on is the context, you know, the distinction, the, the rules of engagement, the purpose, the bright principle coming in. It relies on bigger forces than individual. I mean, there's a, I, I remember two things that, that helped me about that is, first, I was about 14 years old and I was a professional swimmer and I was the best swimmer in my age. And I loved it because I get all the attention of the coach and whatever, my gremlin would totally get fed by it. And one day I didn't show up for a training and one of my coach brought, you know, took me to the side and said, you know, you are not irreplaceable. And that, it just went in because I was thinking, you know, I'm the star, I'm the queen, you know, and, and he said that and it was like, and he didn't mean it, you know, in a way to destroy me, but it was like a reality check. And it was like, okay, they will be the next genius. They will be the next professional swimmer. They will be the next edge worker. I am not irreplaceable. And so I don't want to make myself irreplaceable. On the contrary, how can I make myself replaceable? You know, how, how am I passing on the skills? How am I passing on um, the context that I'm holding? How am I, you know, for so that, you know, in this, in this dimension, so that the guy in game worlds that I am holding space for will continue after I move on, you know, and thrive and, and, and unfold, not just continue, but completely unfold. And then the second, um, I remember I was in Columbia University, uh, in law school in New York, um, not studying a lot. And what would interest me a lot was to go to these um, in America. How many people have been to college in America? Okay, so you got an idea of what I'm talking about. There's all these talks, you know, at lunchtime and on the side, there's all these. Did you have that in your college? Like all these extra people coming in and, you know, giving you, okay, food. And so I got, I goes to this, I think it's NCAA. The title was like attracting me or whatever. And I get in the room and it's only black people. It's like the national something of African-American and I'm the only white person. And I got it. What, you know, what black people feel in a room full of white people. I was like, what am I doing here? But I sat down, this fantastic panel of, of people. And the only thing that I remember, which is probably why I went there. One guy looked at us and said, I think he used to be a lawyer or something. He said, it is not because you're good at it that you have to do it. It's not because you can do it, or even that you're good at it, 
that you have to do it. And I thought, God, I'm so good in school. You know, I'm so good at being a good student to be a lawyer, but I don't have to do this. You know, I, I can actually do what turns me on. What I'm good at and what I'm, I want to do does not have to match. What I'm doing does not have to match. And it created this gap where, you know, in this world of the evolution of consciousness, it's like, okay, I can be at the edge of what, how I don't know how to do things, like where I'm not competent. And, and that's actually life. It's like fun. It's alive. Instead of hiding in the, what I can do. Something like that. So, um, yeah. About, about guy and game world and the, and the cutting edge of that. Anyway, this is, this is my archetypal lineage. I'm a game world, guy and game world consultant. So this is what turns me on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we need more game worlds. We need more guy and game worlds. Great. I'm totally in for this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, anything from anybody? Anybody needs possibility of sharing a question? Um, I went share. I want um, to know less... more about the infinity rings. Okay. I... Wait. So, Gabriela, pause. You st you started the sentence with saying, um, and I can see you. You're wearing this Bennett. And so you're not a Buddhist. So I, I know that you don't have a mantra that starts with um, but it could be the American mantra of putting your center in your head. And so I would propose that we don't want to hear from your mind. We want to hear from your soul, your being, your archetypal lineage, your necessity. So will you start over and skip the um? Okay, okay thank Go you. Ahead. Touched me a lot a part that you said um, not because you you good enough something that you need to do it today I passed through a experience that I feel that take bring me in a liquid state is about the baggage I was doing an experiment Gabriela where, um, I just want to pause you it's just in terms of language and I know English is not your first language. But in terms of you being a space holder for transformation, I really encourage you that the, any word that comes after feel, I feel, has to be mad, sad, glad, or scared. Because if you can do this, if you can, whatever discipline, like practice this, then the, it will change the people around you. You'll be able to speak with clarity. So you said, I feel like, or I feel that. Forget it. I feel mad, sad, glad, or scared. Or otherwise, you use another word than feel. Yes? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Now I'm feeling scared to share it. And about this experience that I had today, I felt I feel fear because it's something new to me. There is a lot of space in my body. And this experiment that I did was about let, letting go the stones that I was collecting one month ago in a bag. Um, what that represents things that I must or I can or I have to. And I collect these stones in this bag. And today I made the experiment with Lisa, like space holder, to let go these these stolen 
and this thing bring me a liquid state and now right now i'm Gabri feeling Gabri would you say can you say a few examples of the, what those stone represented i have to do this i have to be like this i should i must can you give a, any yes. examples yes one of the biggest stones that i was in my back is i have to prone my fathers my, my father and my mom my parents you have to make I them proud to, yeah make yes. them proud yes of me the another one was really big i have to be perfect i have to do uh what i know to do and because of that uh what you bring that is not why i can or i know do something that i need to do it's because there was a lot of stones and rocks about this thing about because i know because i'm good because i'm i'm have this thing i need to do and there there was this burden this this heavy thing to care and one another stone was is the fear of my parents too so carrying the emotions of them and occupy a lot of space in my body so yeah i feel i feel now glad because after this this experiment i'm feeling this space in my body and the sensation my physical body is like i'm learning how to walk without these things like uh, i'm feel i felt like i was swimming when you know when you're swimming with the the fins duck the fins the duck the duck foot mm -hmm. and you take off and you feel like your body really soft and is why i'm feeling now it's like oh my god oh, how it's a walk without this this thing here and it's been adaptation and liquid thank you thank you I wanted to say, uh, no, Jorge, you had a question, but Aquarius, I forgot to say about this fear from your mother in the, in the belly, is that you, it would be, it really, you need an emotional healing process because even if you know it in your, in your head, like you have an intellectual, you have a, an idea of it is to go back to that moment, to that precise moment, what was happening? What was the decision that you, you had to take on, you know, it was a life or death decision to take on your mother's fear and then to be able to give it back thank you so do you want to ask for space holders here for that sure yes um i uh ask i ask i want a space holding for going back into my mother's womb and seeing the point of that decision and making a new decision. Is anyone available for a holding space for an EHP for me around that? Great, would you write down the name, Horace? Okay, so Sophia, Phyllis, Jorge, Gabriella Ingrid, thank you. Great. Super, okay, and great. Jorge? My, yes, my question was around what is the 
infinite. If you can talk a bit more about that, I know it was mentioned uh, when you were talking about the game worlds. Yes. yes. My recommendation would be for you to read the website, especially Gaian Game World, Gaian Game Worlds with an S at the end, Game World Theory, and the and then another one that, that shows for the possibility management. Because possibility management uses Taurus technology and uses Infinity Ring. So I'm, for example, in the possibility management Infinity Ring, because I want, I care that the PM possibility management game world flies, the global possibility management game world. So I would like to do something else for the next half hour. So would you check it out, Jorge? And if you have a question about after you've read, just ask again, okay? Yes? I, I didn't catch the last part that you said. Great. I say, please read, study. And if you have a question from your study, then let's talk again. Great. Thank I you. Got that. Yes. Great. Any, anything from anybody else? Well, I, I'd like to ask for possibilities, if, if there's time. Go ahead. We, 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 I think in a couple minutes, we'll come up with a flood. So I was asking Devin to write an article on how does the unconscious patriarchy affect communication between men and women? And I gave him a bunch of, we just had an hour long talk and I gave him a bunch of ways that I think it affects men, men and women. And he suggested I write the article. And I said, I thought about that, but I really, because one of the things that I said is that men don't take women seriously. And if a woman writes the article, it's not going to land in a man, especially a man that's, that doesn't have a consciousness about um, the institution of patriarchy and how it affects women. And so I would like possibilities on how to write that article so that it could sink into an unconscious man about around the issues that men and okay. how it affects communication. Yes. Write it under a nom de plume. What? Take write it? it under a nom de plume. You know what a nom de plume is? So no. writer's your writer's name. And you make it oh. gender gender free. You're making your writer's name, you make it gender free. Okay. <laughs> Thank I you. have a I have a possibility also okay. that you ask for feedbacks for different persons who can give you feedback, you apply the feedback and like in the final has a assignation also of some people who give you feedback about the, the article. So have another men's and another woman's. Okay. I've asked women. I haven't asked men. Uh -huh. So that's Yeah. And you can let your article recommend from men so that they spread so, it, share it, Dota, give it to Dota, would you say it in a way that there's no can? Because she, yes, she can. But ah. that's not a true possibility. The possibility is ask men, ask men, whatever, whatever your possibility is. Ask men to share and spread your article. So I would even say, have, men. find 10 men who commit, ah. even before you write it, you know, not after you write it before you publish it, that they will share it with their circle of men. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> In the beginning of the article, write something. If you're a man, you will not understand this article. So don't even bother reading it. 
or like <laughs> write it down, write it down, <laughs> Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> or make the conversation with Devin, like the part of the article, like similar to what Sky Blue said, like what you were sharing with us. Like the man was the one who wanted that you write the article. Mm -hmm. You know that the book. Wait, Phyllis. I didn't understand that. So, no, so because you, you, so because wait, wait, wait. You, you, so wait. So that would be, you know, where would you be on the low drama triangle? I do not understand this. Uh. Well. I didn't hear all the words. So could you speak it again? Okay. Answering a different question. Where would you be on the low drama triangle? If you say, I don't understand or I don't, I didn't hear. I don't know. I, I don't think it is low drama. It is. You say, I didn't understand is you make you being a victim, Monica being the persecutor. So that's one of the ways that women have patriarchal communication. I mean, men too, but women are specialists at victimhood conversation. Instead of saying, stop, you know, pause, Monica, tell me again. I want to hear what you have to say. Do you, do you get do you get the difference? Do you get the difference, the different purpose, the different result? Mm, yeah. Okay. So, up to you. Monica, <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say. Please say it again. Yes. Asking for the possibility you were mentioning the conversation with Devin. And it seems like it was very precious conversation. And he was the one who told you to write the article. And I said, just bring the story as a part of the article how this article has been born. Like the man has inspired you. you were, you've been inspired by the man, something like that. Hmm. Okay, thank he you. Told, he told me, he want me to write the article. Yeah, thank you, good idea. A couple more? Also, also like the books when you're gonna read a book and some another person make the intro, like saying the experience of the book, you can ask for Devin to to make this intro for your article for you. Like I read, uh, he's telling the experience of him reading your article. Thank you. Yeah, I I suggested that we co-write it, uh, and that's a that's that's a great idea instead of co-writing it. Thank you. Phyllis, what has been the other purposes of asking Devin to write the article and then wanting to co-write it? What are the purposes for wanting to write the article? Yeah, you say that the, the purpose was that you thought that Devin needed to write it so that men would understand. And 
I just am suspicious that there are other purposes here. Well, one of the reasons I think I, I spoke is that uh, one of the institutionalized ways that I, I think that men don't take women seriously when they speak. And a woman has to speak louder and interrupt more in order to get her points across oftentimes. And so the purpose for having Devin write it is because if it's coming from a man, then men are gonna hear it. If it's coming from a woman, they may not, they may just say, oh, that, that's not true, or that doesn't happen. But if a man has experienced that or they see that it's happening, then, so, yeah. I don't think we have time here but will you, will you just check it out if there were other purposes for talking to Devin in the first place? That was such as, it seems like you might have something for Phyllis. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm suspicious that you uh, wanted, that, that, that you were giving Devin your center and, and, and that you were uh, wanting him to- Dawei, try to include feelings parental... in there. Dawei, try to include emotion in there, because it's, yeah. The emotion that I feel. No, that you um, sense Phyllis. Why would somebody get their center away? I don't know if I sense emotion, but I sense that there was maybe child ego state at play and, and, and looking to Devin as, as a parent here. Well, and, and you Phyllis, wanting... Phyllis, would you pause just a second? I just want to tell you, it's all emotions. All the moves that we make are either feelings or emotion. So pretending that that's not in the picture, it's not in the equation. Yes. Is, yeah. So why would, why, what would be the main emotion that somebody would give their center away or play, like you say, child yeah, and parent? Fear. Yes. Fear. Yeah. You have to put it on the table. I, I, yeah, I sense, I'm suspicious that you're, you're afraid for, and you're not saying it. She didn't, she didn't use that word. Well, I'm angry. Okay. Actually, more than more than fear. Well, I have I have more anger than fear around the institutionalization of the patriarchy. And my fear is that men won't listen if I write if I, a woman, writes an article. And Devin had already written an article about um, a situation where where women were telling men how, what their experience is. And he wrote the article about it. And that's, and he did such a good job at it. I asked him then to write that other article. And you're right, I am giving, I, I am partly giving my center away in that respect. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's all I can say. There's, there's kind of, it's kind of a 50-50 thing. I am giving my center away and I'm doing it because I want to be heard because I want women to be heard by, and it seems like it's through a man's voice. So Phyllis, Phyllis, this is part of your article. I wanted to write this, like Monica said, you know, start with a story. I wanted to, I wanted this to happen. And the way I thought this would happen was if a man did it for me. <laughs> God, and I'm trying to write something about institutionalized patriarchy and I'm doing it. 
you know, and you can write from that place of vulnerability. So, I mean, I just want to put a little chunk in there is that you say men will not read it. And I think you have, it's, uh, you think male people are men. There's very, 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 very few men in the world. It's mostly boys. Boys will not be able to read your article. Right. And will not be able to read even Devin's article. Right. Boys will well, not. It, so I, what about part of your article is to do this research about what do I mean by men? What's my fake conception about men? No, what's my fantasy world about men? And that could be either part of that or part of a different, different article. And Chloe, could you please say that again? I was finishing off a sentence yep. and I didn't get it clearly. Great. Did you finish the sentence you wanted to finish? Yes. Great. Yes. Thank you for the shift. Great. Mm. It seems to me that when you say men will not read my articles, it is that you think that people in a male's body are men. Yeah. Okay. There are very few men in the world, almost none. Mostly only boys, teenager, adolescent boys. And that's even nice. It's like even a, a mild version of what's really going on. And why is that? Okay, write the article about that. I'm serious. This is what yes. you want. Yes. I know. I'm, I'm saying, give me some ideas around why boys don't want to become men. I men. propose, I, would, you, would you find a space? Because you would need, it would need a, yeah. an hour, something like that. Yeah. A, an hour with either, you know, you can have a group of women, a group of men, a group of mixed and you, and you start having this question, why do men refuse to grow up? Why do boys refuse to grow up? I want to be on your team, Phyllis. I want to be on your team. Thank you, Ingrid, Aquarius. I'm also on your team, Phyllis. Uh, who said that? Dawei. Ah, Dawei, Monica. Thank you. Okay, Dawei. Did you get Monica also? Monica, yeah. Thank you. Great. I'll create Fantastic. it. Cool. Okay, I let's jump in this little practice. I mean, it's a little practice, but I think it's a big thing. And this is an inner research. So it'll be in groups of three. One person is the client and the two other people, your space holders, and you, you need your sword. But mostly it's an introspection job from the part of the client. And it goes like this. You're in a group of three. One person start. You say, I'm, I'm the client first. You have your beat book and pen. And then one of the two space holders says, hello. And you, as the client, you notice what, what, is, what does it start? What's the inner process that, that starts when somebody says hello to you? What are your thoughts, the fear, the different emotion, the voices, the, and so try to not numb it, try to not block it, right? As if 
whatever, what happens when somebody on the street says hello to you? What is the inner mechanism that you've developed? And you write it down and we'll have about whatever, four minutes per person and say it out loud. You write it down, you say it out loud and the other two people say, what's, you know, you can say, what's the voice really? What's the emotion really about? So you, you're just going down in the layers with them. You're supporting them to discover what happens, okay? And then uh, we'll sh shift roll and just have whatever five minutes to come back and uh, share what we've discovered. Yeah? Yes. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, that way you're alone in the room. I'll come in a, in a minute. If you heard me. What were you trying to say to me as I was leaving the main room? I'm coming. Okay. In a couple of minutes. Hello, Dawei. I just write what I'm feeling. What's happening? Fear. Because or about? Fear about being, about being seen, about having, having attention on me. And so try to go in the layers, you know, the fear about, because if you have attention on you, then. Yeah, some, some fear around 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 doing it wrong and then fear that I'll, I'll numb out uh, in response to the fear about doing it wrong. And Try yeah, keep, and then I keep following and, and it. And then it just, yeah, and then it gets in this little loop going, going down, down, down of, okay, you're, then you're numbed out, then you're definitely doing it wrong. Uh, and then it, and then so it just creates this fear and then and then a little bit of sadness now uh, about that about that spiral and okay now notice and then notice. some anger mm -hmm. yeah and then some anger of like okay do something shift mm -hmm. uh, shift bring bring yourself out so so now there's like maybe 5% anger to to come here be present and then, and then a little bit of, I think some some emotional joy uh, around some concept of, of doing it better or doing it right. Then, 
than than the fear or the sadness. And and then now a little sadness comes back, and and a little bit of fear, just now of oh, is what does Aunt Chloe think of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm writing a message. Um, okay, so what I what I heard you say is when somebody says hello, in this case me, you first have fear. There's fear of doing it good enough. Was it that? Doing it good. Doing it wrong. Doing yeah. you have fear of doing it wrong. And yes. so is because of the wish to do it good? Because no, because doing it wrong is death in, okay. in, in my box. Yeah. Okay. So you fear of doing it wrong. And it kind of goes on, like fear of doing it wrong, fear of doing it wrong. And it kind of lasts for a while. And then there's this, there's a little sadness, but quickly there's fear, uh, anger. And anger is this, and it feels like this pressure. Go out, be visible, be present. It's this pressure mechanism. And then the fear comes back again of, God, I did something. What, is, what do they think of me now? Now, yes. now that I'm this, this fear. And there's, yes. and there's some sadness in there, but it's mostly, like it seems this balance, this pendulum between fear of doing it wrong and I'm, then I'm pushing myself and then fear, what do they think of me? And I'm pushing myself. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then, and then at the very end, right, right before you started mirroring uh, this little realization that I can use the fear in a different way. And, and it's kind of, in my experience, like the second layer of fear of just being in the fear and and not hearing a message from it, but actually using the fear to stay in in the space. And so the same way I use the anger to like present myself, then I slip into that fear and okay, the fear actually like right now keeps me present, keeps me keeps me showing myself. Great. Um, I'm, I'm, the purpose of this is to introspect about this, this unconscious, you know, survival mechanism that happens the moment you open that door behind you, the moment you open that door and somebody comes in the hallway and says, hello, that's what's happening. The, you know, the, the immediate survival, I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. I need to do something, you know, move, say something, be present, you know, and then God, what do they think of me? The fear, the fear again, what, what, what have I done? You know, did I do it wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Are we switching? Yes. Hello, Anne Chloe. The main, the first what came was, I want to say hello back. And now is, what can I do for you? 
And so I have this, first was this sadness and joy together of whatever receiving, I could feel that anyway, my, anyway, my sense was you were present. You meant, you meant your hello. And I was just like, just this sadness of connection and joy and then wanting to say hello back. And then this, what can I do for you? And that I can, there's this part of shifting whatever this fear and that would be emotional fear of shifting into creation, shifting into creation quickly instead of the fear of just just being, being to being, whatever, looking in each other's eyes, even if it's for like two or three seconds. Um, and whatever, seeing what can emerge, this fear of seeing what can emerge if it's not about collaboration or creation or let's move together. Fear of seeing what can emerge if it's not about collaboration. Yeah, the fear of whatever this not like create whatever creation collaboration. It's a and it's a space where I thrive and I empower and it serves my bright principle. And now I can feel it's like okay, this fear of what if my bright principle can also serve a space of being you know, instead of just creation or yeah, collaboration. Thank you. So I first hear that your, your immediate instinct is to say hello because you, you feel my, my presence and there's a, a desire to connect, but then very quickly there's this, and so there's some, some joy and, and sadness associated with that desire to connect and then it and then it very i just want to say it's shifts. more it's more the experience the experience that the connection is actually already happening mm. yeah so you feel joy and sadness around having the connection happen mm -hmm. and then it shifts quickly into the the fear that allows you to create and then also it seemed after that 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 so then you want to ask what can i do for you to shift it into a space of creation but then there's also some fear around, oh, and then we can just create a space of, of being as well. Well, no, it was more using my fear and my anger to move into a creation space. But behind that, it seemed like the, there's also this emotional fear and this awareness of God, what um, <laughs> this fear of being, this fear of this just space of being without, without create, discovering whatever, discovering who, who you are through mm. something else than creation. Yeah. And so it would be easier for you to create the space of creation rather than just staying yeah. in that space of being. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Anne Chloe. I want to bounce into another room. Is that okay if I add you as a third space holder, third coach? Yes. In another room? 
Yes. Great. Okay. Will anyone? Hello. Hello. It's already there, Masha. There's already emotions. So just. I notice. I notice. I, I notice. I know like as if something in me is is being called out. Okay. Something in you is being called out. Yes. It's as if uh, your hello landed inside of me or the other way around. It's as if So uh, Masha, what and what and what do you feel about that? about that fear i feel fear yes about or because fear. i feel fear because i feel seen and i feel called out and i feel put under the spot so masha those i fear so when you say i feel called out as i'm af i feel afraid because i'm called out i have the experience and what's the fear about? Yeah. What's the fear about that? I'm afraid to be seen. Because? Because it might be dangerous. How so? In what ways? Because if I feel seen, if I'm seen, it's as if I did something wrong. Okay. And then, and then what do you do? You have this, somebody says, hello, you have this fear that I'm going to, you know, that you'll be seen, you'll do it wrong. Then what do you do? How do you handle that? I fake that it's not there. How do you do that? I, I pretend to be nice. Okay. And say hello back. So, and what do you feel about the pretend? Um, you can close your eyes if you want. Just look inside. Just split you. your, yeah, look. Uh, so I feel much more fear now with eyes closed. Um, about 20%. Um, but your question was, how do I feel about the pretending? Yes. Actually, I also feel fear about that. Because? Because it, it feels like it's all... Uh, 
like uh, not stable ground, but like tricky terrain. And um, what's the fear uh, really about? About that, about this moving no, sand, this no, tricky terrain. No, about not knowing what is going to happen next, not knowing what the intention of this attitude of the person is, like what the real intention is behind their initiation of contact. And, and what do you think, in... so Masha, what do you think it might be? What's your assumption? Uh-huh. You look at them, they say that... hello, and you're afraid about their intention. You're afraid about what they, you know, why are they doing contact? Yes, the assumption. What? Yes. They want to hurt me. Okay. Yeah. You might want to write that one down. The assumption is they will want to hurt me. Yes. I have fear in the interaction because they're going to hurt me. Yeah. Would Israel or... Uh, or Ingrid, would you mirror back the mechanism that Masha just... Uh, told us about. Thank you. Yes, you. The moment somebody says hello, you feel fear because you, you are afraid to be seen. And and uh, it's connected to to that you might might have done something wrong. And then you are pretending. And when you pretend, you feel also fear about that because, and uh, you, you are asking yourself about the real intention and your assumption is they want to hurt me. Thank you. Would everybody take a deep breath, please? One of the questions, I don't know if everybody got there, but one of the questions that we got with Masha is, what is your assumption of why people connect with you? What is the, what do you, why, what's the thing inside of you that you think people want to connect with you? So, for example, for Masha was, they will hurt me. They, they, they connect with me they, and they will hurt me. They connect with me because they want to hurt me. Wow. So if you can, anybody found that? Anybody found the assumption of why you think people connect with you? Can you share mm -hmm. it? I, I made the assumption that Aquarius was connecting to me to find something that was wrong with me. Yeah. The assumption that I instantly had that their gremlin wants to play with my gremlin and mm. we're finding a way to engage. Like, okay, what can we play? What kind of game can we play? Yeah, thank you. I had the assumption that 
people connect with me because they want to threaten me. They want to threaten you. Yeah. Threaten. Can you say, yeah, can you say more about that? Like what, they want to make you scared? Is that, or? I didn't get so far. It's okay. more that I must react and fight or I must face the threat. Must fight, okay. Yeah, it would be, they, there could be this other layer of they want to threaten you so that what? So that they have power over you? So that they fight? Can you, can you tell? So that you fight? Yeah, yeah, something like this. So which one? Is it that, that people will want to dominate you, control you, manipulate you, or that they want to enter in this war? The first. Okay. The dominating. Yeah. Thank you. I have the assumption that people connect with me because they find something interesting or they think I know something. And my fear is that I won't live up to that. Okay. So you think people connect with you for your knowledge? Or not, that's part of it. And the other part of it is that they just see an, an energy that, that they like and they think there's something interesting behind it. And what do they want to do with that? What do you think they want to do with that? Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's where my fear is, is that um, I think they want to suck me dry. Yeah. And so I put up barriers yeah. to people. Yeah. I don't let them in. So you, it would be great to write that down, Phyllis. People say hello to me to suck me dry. And they will suck me dry if they say hello. If I let them say hello to me. Yeah. So I feel joy of being seen and that people connect with me and they realize that I'm there and have an interest in me and I think it has something to do that one of my one of my beliefs is and I'm trying to transform it but one of my beliefs still is that I need to be useful for other people I want to serve them so yeah. That's why I don't have fear that they want something from me because right now it's like the joy that I can come up with something. Yeah, thank you. And, and you might want to check what, I'm going to wrap it up. We, I know we are um, past time, but the, you can check what, is, what are your feelings about that you need to be useful for people to connect with you. Mm -hmm. yeah what are your feelings about needing to be useful that people would be yeah saying hello wanting to say hello i just want to ask christina did you get anything about what assumption you have about people connecting mm, well from the feedback i got what i wrote down now is that i have the assumption people don't want to connect with me so i stay like a child and don't have to grow up 
what would be they you have the assumption people don't want to connect with you because because <clears throat> i'm boring i'm dangerous i'm radical i'm weird i'm different i'm normal crazy mm. i'm so lovable I guess um, so say the sentence people don't want to connect with me because I and then complete the sentence don't want to connect with me because I yeah what comes is I'm boring I'm boring okay great would you write would you write it down yeah <clears throat> great thank you uh, for those who didn't share, if you find something or if you find deeper layers, please write it in the Telegram group. I think this is, it seems so simple. And I think it's so huge about, you know, we're walking down the street and, and the cashier, the, the, the taxi driver says hello, and that is what we get. And then we have all these mechanisms around it, fear, anger, fighting, being nice, but all the pretense because we have this assumption of, why do people want to connect with me? What will happen to me? And so it might, it might really open the door for emotional healing processes. You might get, God, this is what my mother did. This is how I learned to. I just want to give you an example is someone said, well, when somebody says hello, they say something similar to Phyllis says, they will take something from me. They're here to get something from me. And you, you can see, okay, well, that makes sense. You go to a shop, somebody says, hello, they want your money. You go to school, the teacher says, hello, they want, they want you to behave, to be quiet, to give the right answer. You know, it, so it makes sense in a, whatever, in a patriarchal world. Um, but there's some, there's some healing processes possible about that. So that, you know, really the possibility is that when somebody says hello, they're saying, I love you. And that's the message you can get. Somebody says hello, they're really saying, I love you. You know, even whatever part they're talking to you, they're talking to you because they love you. But it's not a whatever, just not as a just a concept or an idea is, is you know, as an experience. And so there might be emotional healing processes in that direction. Okay, I'm closing the space. Thank you for your patience for going a few minutes earlier. Next week, we're not meeting. This is the Expand the Box the week following. We're not meeting. It's the lab, and then I'll keep you updated on what happens in June. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.